they were having. He said, if, if it was a boy, I would have named him Imagination. Who <laughs> 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 knows? Doesn't our pastor have a great sense of creativity? <laughs> but yes, so they're all doing well uh, and doing great. Um, but are we ready for the word today? Yes. Yeah. I've had this word burning in me for the last couple of weeks, and so I'm excited to share it with you guys today. Um, we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, and it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, wow. perseverance, character, and character hope. Wow. Interesting verse. And so we're going to dive into that today. We're going to tear it apart, pull it apart, and see what God wants to share with us today. But first, let's pray. God, I thank you. Thank you for your word that it is true, um, that we can rely upon it, that we can stand upon it, that it never wavers. And Lord, even when we're in our suffering, we can rely upon it. We can rely upon you to be there for us. And Lord, I pray to soften our hearts today, to receive what you have for us. And let us learn, let us grow, Thank let us pursue Lord. you in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Sam. How good was worship this morning? Oh, very good. It was major. Does anyone find people watching interesting? take it a little deeper and I start to think about, you know, what are, what are these things in that people's life, what's happened in their past that has made them do and carry out the actions that they're doing at that current time. And so if we go way back, it all kind of started um, when I was living in America and I was dating my now wife, Katie, and we were flying back and forth uh, between Australia and America quite a, quite a lot. And anyway, we would have to arrive at the airport like super early over there because our flight would usually leave at rush hour in Atlanta and rush hour in Atlanta is like worse than rush hour is in Sydney with Brisbane like it's like standstill traffic so we got to get there even earlier to beat the rush hour traffic and so Atlanta airport is perfect for people watching okay so it's got a few different levels but there's this main atrium and in the middle of the atrium it's got this big massive dinosaur and so what Katie and I used to do is we'd go up to the first floor and we'd sit at the first level and we would just watch people. Because you could see people coming from check-in through to security. You could see people just hanging out in the main atrium. You know, there'd be a little kid with the mum chasing him around and then he'd go try to climb the dinosaur and his mum is like freaking out, going, no, 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 come on, Timmy, get off that. Um, and then you'd see other people like they'd just gone and checked in. And I always thought the funniest people to watch people who are late because they're either, they're either sprinting through the airport who cares what everyone else thinks of me um, or you see them do the, the fast little shuffle pretending it's all good but really they're running really late <laughs> and then you've got the you've got the young lady who's dressed up in the pink fluffy jacket she's got a massive suitcase and wearing three inch stiletto heels trying to pull this suitcase through the airport and you're just wondering like 
What are you doing? You're jumping, about to jump on a plane, you're not checking in for a five-star dinner, you're not going to this amazing place, you're jumping on a plane to go for a flight. Why are you wearing three-inch stilettos onto a plane? And it just makes you wonder, what was it that they've gone through in their past? What wow. is it about their character wow. that has caused them to be in this place at this certain time doing this certain thing? Wow. And then, take 2020, it went to the next level. I mean, everyone's got their routines, they've got their things that they do, and then you throw in a pandemic and you watch the craziness. And then you, here's, you know, just take it up another level. The three-day lockdown that we had at the start of the year, you would think that after going through 2020, everyone would kind of know what the deal is. Okay, we're gonna go into lockdown. I can still go and get my groceries. I can still go and do essential things. But as soon as they announce a three-day lockdown, all mayhem breaks loose. <laughs> the shops are going crazy. Yeah. The grocery stores and the supermarkets are emptied out. You know what's even more surprising is on the Friday, I was here in Brisbane working, and I was like, all right, peace out, Brisbane. I'm going back to the Sunshine Coast away from all this craziness. But I get back to the Sunshine Coast, and I had to pick up a few you know, milk and bread and things for the weekend. And... I go to the grocery store and it too is empty. I'm thinking, what in the world? Why is the Sunshine Coast also going crazy? This is the Brisbane that we're talking about going into lockdown, not the Sunshine Coast. But yeah. even still, right. toilet paper gone <laughs> on the Sunshine Coast. Now, I don't know what people's fascination is with toilet paper, but my gosh, what is going on in this world? I remember back, back when um, the first lockdown happened back in March, of 2020 and it was kind of like the first weekend and we actually needed toilet paper and so I was going to the shop and there's all these people lined up and I'm kind of feeling self-conscious like I'm not here to stock up for the next three years on toilet paper like we actually need toilet paper but you've got all these people standing in line like looking at each other like are you stocking up? What are you standing like? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm, I'm ahead of you. Don't even cut my toilet paper stock. That's my toilet paper. And so it makes you really wonder, even with social distancing, the other day we were standing in line waiting to get into a restaurant and this person comes sauntering up beside me within the 1.5 meters and I'm here thinking, whoa, Bessie, we're 1.5, we're still social distancing here. But I had to think, why, why was I pressing? I mean, the levels and cases of COVID here in Queensland in this region are so low, the chances of uh, getting transmission like that are so slim, but still I was thinking in my head, like I'm uncomfortable with you standing that close. Pre-2020, it would have been fine, but there was something and these things that happened through 2020 that caused me to start thinking these ways. Wow. wow. And so in the same way, um, our, our uh, experiences and the things that we go through cause us to think a certain way and behave a certain way. Right. And that's where uh, Romans chapter 5 comes in because it talks about our uh, sufferings and our perseverance and how what we do when we persevere produces character and our character then produces hope. So we're going to dive right into Romans 5 and we're going to pull this thing apart. But I want to start us off with this story. So if you don't know, I work here, I serve here at Danforth Church, but I also work part-time as a physio. And one of the other physios I work with, we actually graduated from the same university in the same degree, but about seven years apart. And so 
last year we were sitting around in the lunchroom and we were talking about you know all the teachers and the lecturers and things that we um, had experienced in the courses we had gone through uh, in our master's degree at university and so her name was Trina okay I'm gonna set this right up so that you guys feel like you're there her name is Trina okay she's a little bit eccentric she's very extroverted even so much so how she spells her name on her water bottle is she draws a little tree and then writes N-A next to her, Trina. Okay, so you've got, a, you've got a bit of a picture of who this person is. And so we were talking about, you know, whose class did you enjoy the most or whose class did you learn the most out of, okay? And so she was saying, I loved Rowena's class. So we had a lecturer, her name was Rowena, and she was uh, a great lecturer. She would have trivia nights for us to, so we, to make sure we lo were learning what we needed to learn and she would give out prizes and bring food and all those kinds of things uh, and she loved her students so much so um, she cared about them so holistically that uh, if there was a student party I'm not advocating this but if there was a student party uh, out having fun she wanted to know where the party was at on the weekend so she could come too <laughs> she just wanted to hang out be with everyone and so her class was really fun but then I was saying, you know, my favorite class was taught by Dave. Now Dave, so you know who he is, he's a Canadian, so he was super nice, always said sorry. <laughs> but he had the best poker face that I had ever seen. And he was the most intimidating examiner that I've ever experienced. Because he was poker faced throughout the whole thing. You had no idea if you were doing well or if you were doing terrible or if you were completely off track. And he would question every single thing that you did. Why did you do that? And he'd look at you. What was that? Why did you do that? You know how intimidating the like, exam's are bad enough as it is, and then to have someone stand there looking at you going, What are you doing? What's why did you do that for? You could be completely right and on the right track. But he was poker faced. Wow. He was like, tell me what you did. Why'd you do it? And as a student, you know, it makes you feel so inferior and so like, I have no idea if I'm doing good. You walk out of these exams like, I could have been completely wrong. I don't know. I could have been completely right. I have no idea. But I guess in a few weeks, I'll find out how I did on the exam. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you look at the two different classes, in one class, I learned how to think and what I was thinking and how I was processing it, how I'm communicating those things that I am thinking. But in the other class, yes, I was learning, yes, I was having fun, and yes, I learned what the content was, but that's about all that I learned. Wow. In one, I learned more about myself and more about wow. what I was wow. doing yeah. than just about the content and the, the actual things themselves. Yeah. But here's the thing. Did you know that God actually teaches us in the same way? Yeah. So I want to look at the Bible, and we're going to go through the story of Moses. So Moses, as you probably guessed if you've been here the last couple of weeks, I've been talking a lot about Exodus because I'm loving the story of Exodus. I'll try to keep this short so we're not here all day um, because there's so much that you can pull out of Exodus that applies to us even now. But I want you to put yourselves in the, in the shoes of Moses, okay? And so I want you to think you're walking through the wilderness, and there's this strange bush on fire, but the bush is not burning up. Okay, weird thing number one. So you go over and you go up to that bush and all of a sudden it starts talking. Weird thing number two. 
Okay. Then he tells you to take your shoes off. Okay, now we're really getting <laughs> But Moses comes to encounter God, and God says to Moses, I've seen the persecution of the Israelites in Egypt, and I want to I wanna set my people free. And I want you to do it. Okay? Wow. Now, really get yourself into the shoes of Moses right here. God says to Moses, I want you to go to the most powerful man in the whole entire world. Wow. And I want you to tell him, I want you to take, I'm, I'm going to take my people away from you. Oh now, these people have been oppressed by the Egyptians. They were being enslaved to do all the work of Egypt. And all of a sudden, this guy is being asked to say, hey, I'm going to take the love and the lifeblood of Egypt out and away from you. Ooh. How much pressure is that? Wow. That's Let me lot. take it up another level. Did you know that Pharaoh had found out that Moses had killed one of the Egyptians and wanted to kill him, and that's the whole reason Moses was wandering through the desert. So I want you to go to the most powerful man in the world who previously just wanted to kill you, and I want you to tell him to set my people free and let my people go. And Pharaoh is going to tell you no. How do you think Moses is feeling right now? Probably doesn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to do it. But can you see what God is doing here? Is he's asking Moses to go and do something that he doesn't think he can do. God is saying, I see your stuttering. I see your slow speech. I see your weakness. I see your scared. I see you're running through the desert. But still, I want you to go and I want you to be my hands and my feet. And I want you to set my people free. The same way that he will say to you, I see your weakness. I see what you're running away from. But I also want you to go back. I want to develop some character within you. Because Moses was about to uh, lead the Israelites through a desert. Moses was about to lead the Israelites to the edge of a sea. And Moses needed to have a character that was ready to rely upon God to come through in his weakness, to come through, to set them up. Moses needed to have the character that he could strike a rock and water would come and flowing out. But if Moses had had the same character of I'm slow of speech and I can't do it, he would never have been in the place to lead the Israelites through the desert. God was creating and developing a character within Moses. Israelites are set free. They walk out of Egypt. But here's the thing. I want you to say after me. If you want to go, you gotta grow. If you want to go, you gotta grow. Okay? The Israelites are set free. They walk through the parted sea. They encounter water coming out of rocks, all these things coming along the way, but the whole time. They're telling Moses, what are you doing to us? We should go back to where we came from because it was better back in Egypt than it is here. You see, the Israelites, they didn't develop their character. They didn't develop the perseverance to wander through the desert. And so when they arrived to the promised land and they sent 10 spies, was it 12 spies, I can't remember, uh, into, the, into the promised land and only two of them come back. 
two people out of the millions of people of Israel had developed their character. They had persevered and they had grown because who knows, if you want to go, you got to Come on. If you want to go, you got to grow. Because here's, here's the kicker, right? Sometimes what's going to grow you and teach you are the situations where you wouldn't necessarily want to walk into. And if you actually had the truth, you'd probably choose to run away. But you see, God's not calling you back to who you were. God's not calling you back into the situation that you're trying to escape from. God's calling you to go into the promised land. And to get into the promised land, you've got to grow. You've got to develop your character. You've got to persevere. Like Romans 5 is saying, in our suffering, we persevere so that we can develop a character and so that we can have a hope. You know, I wish I could tell you become a Christian and accept Jesus uh, into your life and everything is going to be smooth sailing from here on out. But I'd be lying to you if I was. But don't get me wrong, God is not creating these situations and creating these things to crush you and to wear you down and to wear you out. But God's using these situations. He turns all things for the good of those who he loves and who are called according to his promises. So instead, maybe as Christians, we need to have some perseverance. And instead of praying for things, God, take this situation from me. Take this cup out of my hand. Maybe we need to be a Christian who is persevering. And instead, I say, take this away. Take me out of this situation. God, give me strength. Give me the strength to persevere through this situation so that you can develop a character within me so that I can have a hope. Because your rock-bottom situation is going to teach you way more than any mountaintop ever See, here's the difference, Christian, non-Christian, is we all experience our rock-bottom situations. But it's in the valleys, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we all are there. But you see, the difference is God is right there with you when you've accepted him into your life. He's the one that's going to carry you through. He's the one that's going to carry you out to the other side, onto that mountaintop. But you've got to develop the character to keep relying upon him and keep leaning on him instead of walking away and walking out of that situation and not persevering. In the valley, you learn more about who you are, whose you are in Christ, and who God is than you will ever learn upon a mountaintop. Wow. So good. Because God cares more about who you are as a person and your character than a few temporary sufferings that are going to cause you to persevere. Now, I want to in this moment, I've thought and debated whether I go here uh, throughout the whole week. Someone's saying, do it already. I want to. All right, let's do it. I want to speak mostly to my generation. This is for everyone, but mostly to my generation, to the youth, the young adults, uh, to the instant gratification generation. We've become a society and a people who we don't want to persevere. We don't want to push through. We'd rather give up and go do something else. 
But Psalm 1, it talks about a tree planted who bears its fruit and its leaves do not wither. What is the strength of a tree? It's the roots. Oh, yeah. Come on. If you want to bear fruit, if you don't want your leaves to wither, you need to grow your roots and get planted in the world. Wow. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You need to grow yeah. your roots and get planted in a church that is planted beside streams of water. You know what streams of water is? It's the word of God. Yeah. Instead of being a generation of people who give up and walk away, you will never grow. You will never persevere. And you will never grow into who God is calling you to be if you wow. keep giving up and walking away. Wow. There are times in my life where I've had to persevere. And I thought at the time it would be so much easier if I just said no and walked away. But it's those times that I look back on in my life where I did persevere, where I had to grow my character. And I look back and I say, I'm so thankful for that season. I'm so thankful that I didn't give up, I didn't give in, because I've learned so much more through that season and in that time than I ever would have if I'd just given up and gone somewhere else. I actually gave up my fourth year scholarship in America so I, was a, I went to study in America, I was on a scholarship. I was given four years, fully paid for, all covered, but I gave up the fourth year, and it was actually halfway through the third year that I approached my coach and said, I'm giving up. I want to give you my scholarship. I don't want to play soccer anymore. He turned around and said to me, Ricky, you will never finish yourself if you do. At least finish out this third year, because I know if you finish out this year, another six months, you will turn back and look back on it later, and you will thank me. You know what? I did. Because it was that persevering, that pushing through. We were training two times a day, but I learned an endurance. I learned a perseverance and pushing through and holding strong to my word because I had said, yes, I will do it. I will at least I signed that third year scholarship and I walked through that season and I held true to my word and it taught me something that if I had given up, that my word would have been null and void. It would be it wouldn't hold any weight. But I persevered, and now it has taught me loyalty like nothing else. Praise God. It has taught me a loyalty to my word, to the people who I give my word to, that I will persevere. There is going to be times of suffering. There are going to be mountaintop experiences, but I'm going to push through because I said yes, and I'm going to hold true to my word because my word matters, and I care about you. All right, where are we up to? Sorry for the sidetrack. Let's talk about character. So we, we've spoken a little bit about persevering. Persevering grows our character. So I want to expound on this and I want to use language that we've been using through this whole hope and imagination series. And that is godly, I want to say this, godly character produces positive imagination. But worldly character produces Fear. Let me say that again. If we're going to produce a character that's going to give us hope, where we need to develop our character is in line with God. So that produces a positive imagination. But if we align our character with the things of the world, it's only going to produce fear. 
Because if we put our hope and our reliance in the things of this world when they go wrong, 2020, for example, it's only going to produce fear. But if we set our minds on things above, the grocery stores isn't going to matter. If they close, whatever, we'll work it out. But if we set our mind on things above and our hope in Jesus Christ, then whatever happens with the world, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, coronavirus, vaccine, no coronavirus, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because I know that God is in control. <laughs> yeah. Is God in control? Yeah. Come on. Second Corinthians ten verse five. It says, and part of the verse says, we take every thought captive and we make it obedient, obedient to Christ. That's yeah. how we go about aligning our lives with Christ and aligning our lives with God and producing a godly character so that when we are faced with trials, when we are faced with suffering, we can come out the other side or walk through with hope rather than with fear. Yeah. I'm give an example of this, um, but if you look in the book of Psalms, there are so many Psalms that talk about, oh God, woe is me, the enemy surrounds me, I'm as good as dead, help me out, blah, 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 blah. But then if you also look at those same psalms, look how it turns around. It doesn't stay there because David or whoever the psalmist was of that particular psalm, he always turns it around and he always points it back to God and says, God, you're so good. God, I can rely on you. God, you care about me. God, you love me. He doesn't sit in that situation and continue to woe is me and you know take this situation away from me. He turns his eyes back towards God and he looks at God and says, God, you're good. I'm going to align my character with you. I'm not going to stay sitting here in my situation and keep pointing at all the things that are wrong in this world and wrong around me. Because God, I know that you're in control. God, you're the creator. God, you're going to turn all things for good. And I'm going to set my character according to the way that you would have it be. Just like last week when Pastor Arwen was saying, sometimes God's answer is not a provision, but it's a memory. So how about this for a memory? I'm going to give you one thing that you can take away, that you can use throughout your week to continue to align yourself with God, to align your character with God. And if there's one thing that you take away, don't miss this. In Genesis 1 verse 26, it says, let us make man in our image and our likeness. This is your aligning thought. This is your aligning character. You were made in the image of God according to his likeness. You're not made according to the world. You're not made according to that bully who keeps putting you down. You're not, according, you're not made according to your boss who keeps abusing you. You're not made according to your anxiety. You're not made according to your depression. You're made in the image of of God. The fact is, though, that we will never fully be who God has called us to be here in this world until we die and then we are resurrected again. That's when we'll be fully who God created us to be. But along the way, each step of the way, we continue to align our thoughts, align our character, align our perseverance, align our hope to the hope of God, because every step of the way, we're going to continue walking in His ways. Because when I walk through the valley of death, 
it is you who is beside me. I shall not fear because you are with me. I shall not fear because you are carrying me through to the other side. What defines you is the character of the creator who made you. Sam, that would be amazing. What defines you is the one who created you. And just like Pastor Alan said, all of a sudden when you invite Jesus, when you invite God into that space, it all makes sense. That abuse makes sense. You don't have to align yourself with things that are happening in your world. You don't have to align yourself with and start calling yourself you know, all those names, those people are calling you, what your boss is calling you, it doesn't matter because I'm persevering and I'm aligning my character with the um, God who created me. It almost, one of, it almost makes you feel bulletproof. That whatever situation you face, it doesn't matter because the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who hung the stars in the night sky, is there with you and these sufferings and things that you're going through at the moment, all of a sudden begins to pale in comparison to eternity. Your problems and your sufferings are nothing to God. So he will carry you through. He will carry you through. If you rely on him, if you lean upon him, if you put your hope in him. If we continue to read on in, in Romans 5, Let's go back to verse 3 to start off with. Let's read the whole thing. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Is there anyone who feels shameful today? Feel free to lift your hand up. Is there anyone feeling shame? I say to you, Today, shame off of you. There is no shame in Christ because He has redeemed you, loves you. Come on, we continue to read on. It says, Because God's not spring because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who had been given to us. There is no shame because God loves covered covers it all. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless. God doesn't expect you to do it all yourself. If you did, or if you could, you wouldn't need God. But the thing is, it's God who's going to carry you through. It's God who parts the Red Sea. God. It's yeah. God who breaks Red the addiction. God. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not through your own strength. Yes, develop your character. Yes, persevere. But it's God who's going to bring breakthrough. Just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for us. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I don't know where we all are in this room, but I'm sure there's a whole spectrum. Some people who may not know God yet, who don't know who this creator is, let me tell you, he loves you dearly. He's called you and created you to be more than who the world is calling you. He 
He's calling you to a promised land. And he's saying, I will carry you through this. I will carry you through the trials. I will carry you through in your persevering. I will carry you through in your suffering because I've already died for you. Maybe you've wandered away. Maybe you've started trying to walk through the valley in your own strength, in your own way. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed in the presence of God this morning, if that's you today, who you know you need to start aligning your character with God, maybe you've walked away and started trying to do it your own strength. Maybe you don't know God yet and you're saying, I want to come to know this person who loves me, who cares for me, who says that I am uh, full of work of work because Christ has made you full of work to die for you, to redeem you that your shame, your sin, your guilt is no longer upon you because I've already taken it upon myself if that's you today I want you on the count of three for you to slip up your hand this is something we do every week as part of our gathering so on the count of three one, Jesus loves you two, Jesus died for you Three. If that's you today, raise your hand. Just slip up your hand so I can see it. This is your time. Today is the day. Don't miss this opportunity to make the best decision that you could ever make in your life, to align yourself with the creator of the heavens and the earth, God who loves you, who cares for you, who died for you. If that's you today, slip your hand up. Let's all say this prayer together. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you died for me. That you died for me. That you took my sin. That you took my shame. And that I am no longer bound to it. Lord, I give you my life. And from this day forward, I shall live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we move on. I also want to extend an opportunity to pray with anyone who feels like they are struggling and persevering, if they feel like their character is not aligning with who God's called them to be or created them to be, I also want to pray for you. So if that's you, show me a hand because I want to pray with you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of these people who's raised their hand. Lord, I thank you that you love them, that you created them in according to who you are. You created them in your likeness. And Lord, I pray, reveal to them their full worth. Reveal to them who they are. Reveal them, reveal to them who you're calling them to be. Allow them to start aligning their character with you. Show them who you are so that they can start living what you created them to be, what you're calling them to be. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is in this room, that it is breaking off thoughts and chains and ideas that people have of themselves. And Lord, give our lives to you. Use us, help us, carry us through our trials and through our sufferings. Lord, I give you all the praise.